0: Lord, I thank you for the, what you do and how you do what you do. <laughs> it's Jesus. Perfect gift. And perfect salvation. And perfect holiness. Healing. Deliverance. Lord, I submit myself to your word. I submit myself to the redirection of this message. And I pray that you will grant each of us what you granted even in my heart this morning so that we can flow with you because we are longing for you to do what we cannot do and we don't want to keep doing what we do and declare it's all of you there's so much more of you salvation comes to the uttermost your appearing will come with into salvation and now salvation is closer to us than when we first believed salvation is not a state of being, it's a man and we want to know this man and submit to his perfect work and come into perfect agreement, mature agreement to the words of God and so I ask for help so we can then come to to the Lord's Supper with a new expectation for strength, for healing and to resurrection life you can do it. I know you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, 1 Corinthians 9. I'll tell you how I got here. I didn't mean, I didn't it. I It's Communion Sunday, and we. I read chapter 8 this morning, and chapter 9. I had to catch up on chapter 8 from yesterday. And then I wanted, I just wanted to go over to chapter 11. That's where I am, 1117. And I wanted just to review Communion, or what we call Communion. It was referred to as the Lord's Supper in the first church century. And as I read it, I paused and began to submit myself to the words, because I wanted to experience what I was reading and not let them be just advice or how to, to, you know, I've been doing this forever. I've been doing baptisms for 46 years. I've been doing Communion for 46 years. So I, I pretty much have this memorized, but I didn't want to approach it for that. I was coming back to the scripture. That's what I mean by, by reading the scripture. And what you, if those of you who have the capacity to to put in earbuds or put your phone on it when you're in the car and you can let the Bible read. When I'm every day, I, if I'm got extra time, I'll just put in. I'll start in Corinthians, the chapter we're at, and then I'll just let it keep reading through. So by the time you get through 16 chapters, you have or you have an opportunity to hear so much. More, of the over and over and over again. So, here we go. Now, in giving uh, thanks, these instructions, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17. Now, in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together for not the better, but for worse. The problem with the Bible is that it really addresses a bunch about living. <laughs> Super practical book. To the new believer who lives in a whole other realm in Christ, so it calls us into places you didn't even know you had opportunity to be in and out of things you didn't even know was a problem if you were there. So he says, "I'm I'm not praised. I'm not you know. You come together. Imagine this for the not for the better, but for the worse. Every gathering of the body of Jesus, the living body, is to for the better. It is to be for the better, but it can be gathered and it can not." increase but decrease because he says first of all so he's gonna go down a little, little list first of all when you come together as a church I hear that there are divisions among you and in part I believe remember first four chapters of Corinthians was dealing with the exact division separating ourselves. I'm a part of this group I'm a part of that group I believe in this I don't believe in that those people are wrong these people are right I'm with the right you're with the wrong and he said, that's just carnal, that's worldly, that's fleshy, that's like how men act. That's like read the news, watch the media. Don't be like that. You, 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 there's only one body. So he dealt with that. But now he says, "Then uh, there must be factions. That's what a division is. It's a, it's, a, it's a choosing a certain portion of belief that others do not choose that then creates a division between the two groups because they don't... Republican, Democrat. Pre-trib, post-trib, doesn't matter. It's the kind of thing that flows and flows in mankind, and, but yet it it's, stops the church from having its power. So, yeah, there's going to be factions so that those who are approved may be recognized. Therefore, when you come together in one place, it's not to eat the Lord's Supper. And now it shows that the, the problem that is in my heart constantly. Every one of these are my sins, all right? I'm not speaking to you guys. This is me. That's why it took me a while. And once I got stopped here, I felt like the Lord said, now that I've had your attention, just share it. Go on and share it. I go, Lord, I don't want to because no one will want to hear this. And he said, didn't. he didn't really say anything. <laughs> so you come together. It's not for the Lord's Supper. That's what we called Communion church in its beginning stage would meet in homes, eat together, call the meal to supper, and then honor the Lord in his communion. He said, for in eating each one takes his own supper. One ahead of others, and one's hungry, another's drunk. Uh, What? Don't you have houses to eat and drink? So what was supposed to be a holy gathering in the sight of God before the Lord as a people began to become like a potluck, just feast and, and greediness, and uh, he didn't say, he just said, you, can, you, you have homes to do that. You can, the common parts of humanity. Today, we'll go see my mom. I've got getting her our, our four of our five children. Our fifth is on the East Coast. We're all going to go see her because she's 80, 91, and bring the grandkids or great-grandkids and just have a chance to just be with her. And then we'll go ho- over to our house and have, you know, lunch. That's not the Lord's Supper. That's family. That's gathering. That's community. That's beautiful. So he says, "Do you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? Shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you." So what happens is we create division through theology and comparison through our, our the way we present ourselves or make others feel about how we're presenting ourselves. He says, "No." Well, this I received from the Lord, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night which he was betrayed, took the bread. And this always captures my attention, how he could set covenant with his betrayer at the table, wash his feet, hold the room in such a... Presence that the disciples were unaware of what was happening until and, and hold that kind of union with the Father in the midst of what was being set in motion. So, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. He said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to commemorate, to remember me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this is the new covenant in my blood. So the new covenant is in the blood of Jesus, And this offering, which now we know to be our uh, propitiation, our atonement, our our purging our conscience so we can serve God with a clean conscience. He said, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So you can see the focus of the Lord's Supper is to commune with the Lord and to experience what he accomplished through his death, and to which we understand was proved through his resurrection, and to his ascension, and to his high priestly ministry. So it couldn't be caught up in these strife and rivalries and factions, and uh, gluttony, selfishness, I want to have... You know, it's just that stuff just didn't fit. For as often as you eat the bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So, so Paul is speaking to a church. Corinth is like L.A., as far as I'm concerned. always been. Because it's gifted, rich, powerful, but super segregated, super separating, super dis. And, and so the whole book is, I, I, I've been reading the Corinthians like I've never read it, and it's affecting me. And we'll get to this chapter two days from now. So therefore, now here we, we, he we gets into a heart issues, and this is where I really I paused and, and started asking, Lord, I want to do this, Lord, for before I go. I don't want this as a message, and I wasn't planning a message. I just want to, I want to bring my heart here. Therefore, whoever eats his bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. So again, I let the, I'm trying to let the Bible tell me what the Bible says. I'm trying to let the Spirit of God speak from the Bible what he is saying. So I thought, okay, I know unworthy isn't that I'm not worthy, so I can't take communion. It means it's an irreverent, indifferent, flippant, casual, is then guilty? Guilty of the blood and body and blood of the Lord is in danger of. That's what Jesus said. If you call your brother a fool, you're in danger of hellfire. You're you're, you're stepping over a line. Remember, I I can't believe tomorrow when you read what happens with Moses' two sons and this, you go, whoa, okay, so pause. This is a holy moment. That's why we call it communion. And communion is... Is, is something to which we are invited into by faith in what God did to His Son and the resurrection He brought to prove what He accomplished in His Son. And we're coming in there to receive it. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So how do I disengage from an unworthy manner? I examine myself. And that—that that is is where I start to test my heart. I start to I start to pause. And we'll do it in a few minutes. What we what it's like we get quiet. And we go, "Lord, I want to take ownership for who I am and how I've been acting." See, even though we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we are responsible for our actions. So we have to pause and reflect. This is communion is the closest to the atonement that I know of practicing it in a in a receiving portion. Let him examine himself. So it's... I started, Lord, you know, I'm not. A, I can't do life. I don't do righteousness. I'm not producing the things that your word says. Uh, I have to forgive every day because I carry aught with people. I collect it like dust. I'm just working on this sin of testing you. I'm trying not to test you. What does it mean to test God? It means you ask, are you with me? Trying to get up and remember that you're with me because I usually wake up not feeling that you're with me because I was worrying over something in the night. And then I question, are you there? Because I'm looking at sight and not Elizabethan faith. So I'm just talking about issues of the heart. A lot of times as you mature, your, your sin are sins of the heart. When you're young, your sins of the flesh, they're all over the place. Everybody sees them. And then we get delivered. We get delivered from destructive practices of sin, and then we go into the secret sins of, of hypocrisy and malice and guile and backbiting and whispering and all those kinds of things that are super destructive. So anyway, so I'm pausing, and I really am, and I, I really am. See, I know that God will hear me every time I call on His name, and I know that I'm forgiven every time I acknowledge sin. I know that sin is something that has been dealt with as an, as an entity, no, no more offering for sin, but I also know that sin is removed from my daily practice of living through confessing. If I confess my sin, He's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me. So I know what the outcome is. But if I don't see it, I can't ask for help. I think it's somebody else's problem that's causing me my distress. But all the problems that I've experiencing come back to me, and they start, they're, they're cause of my own missing the mark, and my own not interpreting the fullness and accepting Christ and His blessing. So I'm just pausing, listening. Then it says, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner Again, back to irreverent, not recognizing this is the provision of God, the only means to which man can approach God, have fellowship, eternal life, be saved, be healed, be delivered. The only means. But if you just don't accept the fullness of this, don't recognize this, don't... And remember, Jesus in John 6 said, "If you eat, you're going to have to eat my body and drink my blood to have eternal life. And if you do, I'll raise you up in the last day. So this is now the outworking of that for us. If if anyone eats and drinks in an unworthy manner, he eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So we have two components. We're to discern the Lord's body. That means we're to separate thoroughly. We're to really ponder. When Jesus, and, and that's where the study of Scripture is so powerful, when Jesus died for my sins, were all my sins carried with him? Were they forever taken from me? Is his... Did he carry all my sicknesses? Is he the one who brought my deliverance? Is he the one who was delivered out of the abyss and called forth to be a son? So we discern... We don't do that. We can live with problems that have been resolved at the cross then brought to nothing in the resurrection, and now to fellowship in a new covenant in the ascension. So it's, it's a pausing to learn to go into the further. So he says, for this reason, now this is crazy, now what does it look like to be judged, or, or to be under, and judgment's a weird word, it just means it's, this is the effort, this is the situation as it stands, this is the outcome of the way it's going. It's, it's not a moral issue so much. It's just, he says, for this reason, then, this, because of the unworthy manner of receiving the communion, not recognizing that, that what was fully being offered, not accepting and, and worshiping and fervently coming, there's sickness, there's weakness, sickness, and premature death. So we can let that either be what it means or we can say, well, that kind of means something else. No, I think weakness is a sign of not ex- Submitting to Christ's strength and allowing his strength to rest on my weakness. It's not, not me becoming strong. It's not me becoming healthy. It's not me becoming uh, living. It's me submitting to the one who has been made strong and has been healed. First Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter 14 will tell us that. That he was crucified in weakness, but now he lives by the power of God. And same, same way we are in, in, fact, many places being crucified in weakness, but we're living by the power of God. It's the oxymoron. It's to know him and the power of his resurrection in the fellowship of his sufferings. And to know, uh, to, can be conformed to his death so I can attain to the resurrection from the dead. It's to have a treasure in an earthen vessel, but the treasure isn't from me, it's from him. And, and that's why I can be offered up to be betrayed just like Jesus was so that the life of God could be shown up in that place. So it's, so I'm thinking, okay, well, Lord, then how do I? I, I don't, about right here, I started saying to Lord, I don't want to keep putting on, putting you on things that you won't stay on. I keep trying to put on life where death still has to be understood. I don't know. I'll get to that in a moment. But he says, if you would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Now, here's the key. He is holy, and we're only received in Jesus Christ. We have no audience with God without Jesus Christ. We have no acceptance in the beloved without faith in what God did and accomplished. It's all, and so he says, oh, you, if we judge ourselves, if now I will separate thoroughly, me go, "Hmm, How come I'm always sick?" I'm not, I just walk around so weak. Is it, is it because of, where's the blame? Where do I lay the blame? We all lay blame to something. Why, you know, who's doing this to me? It's my wife, it's my kids. It's the government. It's the inflation. Why am I here? And if I lay blame to anything other than myself, then I cannot receive the help that God can only give to me. So it's a pausing moment if we judge ourselves. Now, I'll be honest. I don't know the fullness of salvation in Jesus Christ. I don't fully apprehend experientially the resurrection of Christ. I read the, the Gospels, and I am dumbfounded every time I'm reading through them that a man could walk with God in such union and confidence and assurance and, uh, and fellowship and oneness. And now I'm supposed to be doing the same thing with Jesus, and I'm not. I have to be honest. I'm not there, and I don't want to act like I'm there. I want to get there. See, that's what... Paul said in Philippians 3, I quoted a moment ago. He said, not that I've already attained. I haven't reached that point of resurrection life. And I haven't been perfected. I haven't come up into the maturity of the sons of God and the fullness of Christ. But I press on to lay hold of that which Christ laid hold of me for. See, that's the life of the believer. That's the reason I pray. You don't get that from watching Netflix. I'm sorry. You don't get that from anything but intentional. I want to apprehend what you apprehended me for. I, don't, I want to come into that. So he says, what do you do? He says, well, I have not apprehended. I have not apprehended. But one thing I do, I, every day, I put out of my mind yesterday and the things behind And I forget them. I put them out of mind, And then I reach forward to the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You see, beloved, the gospel you believe is meant for your life, not a portion of life. And it isn't to the young. It's to the old. I don't see in Philippians 3 anything that is age-discriminatory, Who, because all of us are in practice or pursuit of an audience in the presence, and to be known, and to be made. And so, I press, there's a goal, what's the goal? It's the prize, what's the prize? It's the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is what it is. Now, it may not be important to you today, but one day it will be the most important thing you'll ever have wished you did. Amen. It's all what life was meant to be, one thing. So he says, though, you won't be judged if you just pause. I'm not there. And I, but that's where I want to be, and that's where God expects me to be in his Son, not by might, not by power, not by taking. So he says, when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord. Hebrews 12, a beautiful chapter to, to understand chastening. It has to do with everything that's going on in life. That sickness isn't meant to put you into death, and, and God isn't punishing you. You're just not access, accessing the Son in his fullness, and oftentimes you're, we're being flippant. We, we eat whatever we want and think it doesn't matter. We don't go to bed and get a good night's sleep and think that doesn't matter. We don't exercise. We don't think that matters. Well, those things do matter. But even more than that is the exercise of godliness. So we have to quit getting this idea that wherever we are, it's somebody else's fault and somebody else got to get the devil off of me and somebody else got to get me healed and somebody else got to give me strength in life. And start so going, Lord, it's all there, right there. And what you provided for me, and I want to I apprehend it. So he says, they're judged, we're chastened by the Lord, which is not a, if, if, Hebrews told us it's not fun. If you're being chastened by the Lord, you know it because you don't like where you are. That's the Lord's way of gaining our attention. You read, read the end of Deuteronomy. He had Moses write a song till that when Israel was taken out of the land that they were given as a covenant and sent into other nations, they would have a song already written that prophesied the reason this would happen because they went into idolatry and sought pleasure outside of God being the foremost of everything. They drifted. They wandered. And the Bible says in James, we can wander from the truth. And in Hebrews, the chap says, "Let's we got to pay close attention, lest His great salvation drift by us." This is not like an automatic. Everything of the kingdom is by faith, and faith is a is a now moment, and it's intentional. So I'm going okay. So, but why are we being chased? Because we don't want to be condemned with the world. The world, the condemnation that's come upon the world is coming on the sons of disobedience. So, therefore, my brethren. When you come together to eat, wait for one another. So a simple practice. Don't be selfish. Don't be greedy. Don't be separating into special groups of doctrines and beliefs. Wait for one another. Expectant. Anticipating. All of us are coming into the kingdom. All of us get to be glorified. All of us get to win. That, that's, that, was, that was 1 Corinthians 4. First sign of Maturity. Chapter 4, and right in the middle of it. He says, Listen, I've been talking about Paulos and me. Some of you think Paulos is a hot spot. Some of you think me. I'm saying we're nothing. You have everything uh, in Christ. You must position your faith in Christ, not in a movement, not in a group, not in a philosophy, not in a theory. Otherwise, you're babies. You're drinking formula. Somebody else is telling you, this is what you have to do to get it. Well, as soon as the formula gets out, it won't work for the next person. And then somebody else, it'll work for. It's like the pool of Bethesda. Somebody gets in, they get healed. Nobody else, now they got a theology because I can't get there soon enough. So it's just, I'm I'm judging myself. I pray for things. I imagine things. Three, three, four years ago, the Lord asked me, after we'd had these incredible experiences of praying for rain, I had experienced him in multiple ways in which he brought rain. The last time we had a full year of rain, in the cusp of that year of rain, he said, I want you to know, ask, pray for the Holy Spirit. As I taught you how to pray for rain, so I launched. And I'm still there. Because prayers don't, they, they tend to take a while. Elijah had to have three and a half years of drought, and then it took him a while to unlock that drought, and it set in motion things. Anyway, so I see things. I see God consciousness gripping a, a people. It's not people are not bent to be evil. A lot of people are trying to really do good. That's why we have such an environmental movement because people are trying to save the planet. It's just misguided. It's, it's right to save the planet. Don't throw your plastic in the ocean, please. But, it, but it's misguided. I remember once the Lord took me down, because whatever I judge, I'm guilty of. Whatever I have a problem with is because it's in me. I accept that from Romans chapter 2. So I, he said, you know, environmentalists, often are my evangelists that are not yet saved. So, wow, wait for one another. Everyone in this room, everyone online, every believer, Baptist, Catholic, call upon the name of the Lord in sincerity and truth. All are one body and we cannot divide the body and we cannot separate the body and we cannot go away from the need of the body. That's when we get to next chapter which will be 12, which will hit on Wednesday or so, you'll see that this whole one-body-many-member mindset. So I'm trying to defer. Okay, Lord, I don't want to be selfish. I don't want to be just pursuing my own thing. I don't want to look down my nose and judge others or condemn I'm just, I'm I'm judging myself. I don't want to, I don't want to, and so what does that mean? Okay, now practice it. If anyone is hungry, let him eat at home. If anyone come together for, lest you come together for judgment. Beloved, when you are doing something in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God is judging that heart attitude, that action, and recognizing it, is it in Jesus Christ? There is a, uh, an old Pentecostal phrase that I adopted many years ago, many, many, many years ago. One life to live will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. And over the last 10 years with the revelations of, of, of the in Christ it's the only place I'm accepted not what I've done for Christ. Because I've lived 46 years in Jesus. You know how many things I did that I thought was God acting in righteousness that later I had to ask God to forgive me for my sinfulness? <sighs> Why not? It's easy to be self-righteous. It's easy to... Perform the laws that work for you and tell others they have to do them for God to accept them It's easy to live in your gifting But to submit to this completion It's so what I've changed. I say and I still say this one life to live It'll soon be past. Only what's done in Christ will last There are people killing people for the name of Christ We've done crusades We've we've murdered for Christ, so that isn't gonna. That's not going into eternity. That's gonna go poof with the fire, which is how God determines how well our life was built. Was it gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and stubble? Or as we'd say in California, gold, precious stones, and silver, or wood, hay, and stucco. (laughs) So I'm 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 wow. So I'm take me over to Colossians chapter three. And I'll, I'll do this and we'll have communion. So I'm right now about this time. I'm honestly, I'm saying, Lord, I don't want to keep putting on things that you won't stick on. I, I don't, I don't, I, I, I know I can't do it. I know it's not coming from me. Nor can it be sustained by me. Or nor can I even do it. But I have to value what you say. And I want to understand who you are. And I know, and I went immediately to Colossians 3. Because it's a put on and put off. Put off and put on. And he reminded me, he says, you can't put me on until you put off the old man. You can't put on what i provided on the old man. There's a responsibility to put off the old man with its deeds, to put on the new man who's renewed according to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So here's where it begins. This is why the life of prayer is so powerful. Why we are a people of prayer, why the house of God is called a house of prayer for all nations, because it's the one thing you can do to move toward God in every situation, is never and always brings us to the opportunity for an encounter with truth and the Spirit. That's why when Jesus, first thing he did when his ministry started was 40 days of prayer and fasting. Last thing he did when his ministry was ended, three hours of prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane. First thing he told his disciples to do after he was ascended go to, to Jerusalem and pray and stay there until I send the power of the Holy Spirit. By the time the church is exploding now the people the, the men who fell asleep in the garden who couldn't sustain the warfare of the of the against the soul are telling the people they go we we need we need you to organize better because we're not we're having neglect in certain elements and poor 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 man, ministry practices and he said we cannot neglect the Word of God and go serve tables. You find some people to serve the tables. We will give ourselves to, pray, to prayer and the ministry of the Word continually. They understood where life flows from. And it flows from every, any one of us. Any one of us could say, you know, I want to, I want to continue in the ministry, prayer and ministry of the Word. I just want to begin to be a person of prayer and ministry of the Word. Not, not because I want to be famous. Please, just because I want to know Him. And I want to be able to have success. have have that connection. So he says, here it is. If then you were raised with Christ, how many are raised with Christ? Right? If you believe in Jesus, you were raised with Christ, seated at the right hand. Seek those things which are above. That's a charge. That's what prayer is. Take my mind off of the things that I see, off the circumstances I'm going through, off of the And I want to seek the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand, sitting at the right hand of God. So when I pray, I see Jesus seated at the right hand of God. I see him in his exalted place. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. That's a charge. That's, That's super hard. You know, I was realizing it because my soul is attached to the earth. It's in my blood. Flesh and blood. You will not, eat, not. drink the blood because the blood. Life is in the blood. The same word for soul. The same word for life. I am a living soul. I was made a living soul in the garden. The first Adam was a living soul. Through my journey with Jesus Christ and faith in God, I will translate into a place where my soul will be fully saved, and I'll take on the image of the of the of the new the heavenly man who will become a life giving spirit. So to put that practically is that, why you know why you have it's so hard to believe? Because all the information that's bombarding us is coming through our soul, and our soul has it has it has the ability to 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 feel, to see, to think, to reason, to emote, to remember, to carry things, and so it just it's like getting up. If you think of prayer, it's like brushing the the the. You know, don't even worry about it. Just put yourself above it. I see who you are. I accept what you say. Your truth is in the, what your word is. It takes its effort to accept the Bible when the circumstances deny the Bible is true. It's uh, difficult to say, I accept to fellowship with you in your word, and I will not demand that you perform it to cause me to know that it's true. I accept the fact that it is true, and I am going to wear the garment of being convinced that whatever you you have promised, you're able to perform. And whether I see it on earth or see it in heaven, it will be performed, and I'll allow the fellowship of that promise to be my faith. And God says that's your righteousness. So he says, now, if you you died, I died, we died, we all died. We all died. We don't even, you know, we died. See, you, you can't be a dead man and want to put Jesus on a flesh man. It's more like being a zombie. Flesh eating. <laughs> I don't even like zombies, but it seems to be a fitting imagery. <laughs> I mean, I know some people really like those shows. But I just never could see the value of it. But that doesn't mean I'm holy. I just I don't like that. I don't like TV. You died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. Hidden with Christ in God. Take an afternoon and meditate that thought. I did, but I'm alive. My life, the life that I now live is I live by the faith of the Son of God, if I'm a new creation, it's Jesus. And my life is hid with Christ, inside God. Now just take that little thought. So whatever my bills say, whatever my kids say, whatever my job says, whatever the government says, it's, it's gonna have to get past God to affect me. You see, I believe that many of us are weak, sick, and dying prematurely because we're not discerning the Lord's body and what we have been joined into to become one with. So he says, okay, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you're going to appear with him in glory. You're going to appear with him in glory. Which another, uh, another way to say that is without Christ appearing, there's no glory for you. <laughs> So why bother? Who are you trying to impress? Who cares? I mean, seriously, if you need man to make you feel well, then you're, you're barking up the wrong tree. 1 Corinthians 4 says there's coming a the day when every man's praise will come from God after the fire torches our works. So he's just kind of inviting us. Go for it. Therefore, real quickly, please... Therefore, put to death your members which are on earth." Okay, members. My physical body. That's where sin dwells. Sin is in your body. Sorry, it didn't get extrapolated. That's why you can sin so easily. It's in your flesh. First Romans 7, Romans 6, Romans 8. It's just there. But, but we're learning to live above that. Learning to live away from that. Learning to put to death our members. What are they? Fornication. Uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. So I'm going, oh boy. And, you know, and Jesus said, it isn't the act, it's the, it's the heart attitude. So I, how, I, you know, I've been guilty of every one of those, haven't you? I've been guilty of them all. And they'll, they'll, all, they'll come and they'll fester in my... If I, so I'm putting them off. What does it mean? Divest holy. So when I recognize fornication is in my mind, I gotta say, "Nah, that's not for me. When I recognize covetousness is starting to affect my soul and wanting something that isn't mine and wanting to have the power that it'll bring, I have to say, nah, and not for me. I have to put it off. Divest. I don't need that. And if I caught myself in it, then I need to cry, oh God, I confess that I've just been a covetous man and idolater, and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me and purge me from this sin, and I want to reset my mind on the things above. It's, it's, and that's what, isn't that true? This is about your behavior. Not about, are you saved or not? It's about, are you weak, sick, or are you resurrected strong and coming into wholeness and health? For to, um, he says, which because he thinks this wrath's coming in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. So yeah, Yahoo, right? And now you yourselves also are to put off these. This, these I call the more matured sins. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Whew. You ought to... You ought to watch what the mouth, how God views the mouth. The mouth is so, so important. And, and it tells on us. In fact, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it tells on us. Do not lie to one another, since you put off the old man with his deeds. So they put him up, divesting. It's not for me to wear. That's not my, that's not... You know, yes, I have habits that way. Yes, I had. I have, uh, my flesh might want to go that way. Yes, my soul might want to just really wreck somebody's life by slandering them, but I don't get to. That's an old man. Then it goes on, He says, put on the new man. Put on the new man. See, there's a new man, but you can't put on the new man if the old man's on you. And the old man is just something you're, it's, it's, it's a recognition, it's 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 the flesh, the works of the flesh. The new man is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. This is Jesus Christ. The glorious resurrection of Jesus Christ began the firstborn among many brethren. And we're going to bear the image of the firstborn among many brethren. So we're going to become spiritual people. And we're going to, and the first sign of spirituality is a lot of love and a lot of acceptance and a lot of room and giving plenty of room. Because he says, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Do you see what I'm saying? The Bible is so demanding. I just read that, that just takes me down to my knees. Now, Let's put on the new man. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, that's because of who we are in Christ. We were placed in holiness and inside his love. And since we have been placed inside his holiness, inside his love, now we're going to learn to live in this truth, accept fully this truth. That's why communion begins to be that moment of release and exchange. Put on tender mercies. We should weep. Over things, not scream. Kindness. Oh, isn't it? Don't you just kind of hate that word? (laughs) Kindness. (laughs) Kindness. Supposed to be kind. Humility. Oh. Beloved, I prophesied, and I don't mean to do it, but I always end up doing it. I prophesied years ago that fear of God and the glory of God and the humility of God were coming. They were coming, and they were going to take hold of his church again. The fear of God comes in the, and I'm having these encounters this, I don't read this anymore well, I just go I read real quick if I read quick enough I won't remember what I read I'm gone I'm supposed to walk in meekness I thought that's weakness no it's strength that's kept in restful quietness with an anticipation of salvation coming I don't need to engage I don't need to push this over I don't need to make that phone call Meekness, long suffering. Oh, you, that that word is just as bad as kindness. Suffer, long, bearing with one another. That's that. We can't divide. You wherever you go, you can't. You, you, we we can't divide. There's no dividing. Jesus will never support division on any factor because he can't divide his body. Is one body. Oh, praying with one another, forgiving one another. This is the key. There's the only possibility that we can ever be forever in union and communion with the living God is by His forgiveness and our forgiving and being forgiven and releasing and remitting. That's why the whole new covenant is based on His blood and the removal of sin and the releasing of other sins and accepting sin has been removed and accepting that Christ is the only one that could remove sin and accepting the fact and the truth that Jesus Christ has been my means of forgiveness with the Father and the Father has committed that when I retain sin and withdraw forgiveness, then all of my sins begin to affect me again in torment. That's why we're weak, sick, and that's why we die sometimes, according to the Scripture. I'm, I, nobody's saying that, but it's, I'm just reading it now, and it's going. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, you also must do. Not might do, not do when they ask you to. As soon as you know that you have ought against a neighbor, you need to release that. Forgive them. If you get good at that, you can just do it all the time. If, you, if it becomes more than an odd against your neighbor, you need to go to your neighbor and tell them, this is an issue that's really affecting me in my relationship with you. And if they'll listen to you, then there's, there's, there's freedom. But it's, it's not something you can, uh, you can live with because it'll kill you. For unforgiveness does not hurt anyone but the one who carries it. It's like drinking poison to hurt someone. So also you must do. But above all these things, put on love which is the bond of perfection. Put on love. Put it on. Put it on. That means to sink into, sink into Christ. Settle in. Kind of like falling back into a garment. It's a beautiful word. Put them on. Put on love. Just be immersed in the love. Let the love of God affect you. Let his love pour into your heart. Let the Holy Spirit pour love into your heart to love is everywhere. And to you experiencing being loved and loving and then releasing love. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Oh, I can't have a... Beloved, I don't see anything being accomplished by one member to the other member. This is each member in the head coming into Christ, accepting. I have, have, according to Scripture, been told I have to have peace of God rule my heart. So therefore, in the name of Jesus, I receive the peace of God ruling my heart. And you're doing it in the middle of a storm, a hurricane. You're doing it in the middle of torment. You're doing it in the middle of the worst report you ever heard. You're doing it in the middle of your your whole soul's turning into a, a a zombie magnet. It's ah! I have the peace of God ruling in my heart, and I am thankful. I am thankful. I AM THANKFUL, BECAUSE WE'RE ALL CALLED INTO ONE BODY. WE'RE ALL CALLED INTO ONE BODY. THE LAST ONE OF US OUT OF INSANITY IS the fir- ALL OF US INTO GLORY. THE LAST ONE OF US INTO DIVISION IS ALL OF US INTO ONENESS. Each of us are contributing to the maturing process by submitting to a Christ who is way beyond we can be, but by accepting who he is, we can experience into a relationship where he begins to be the force of life in everything. Whoa! And the word of, let the word of Christ, and here, I'll end here, but listen to this. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly if you have to, give up fantasy football. If that's where your mind is, give it up. Let the word begin to be something that you, pair, you, you cherish. Read the That's why we're reading the Bible. Psalms, hymns, teaching, wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing to, with grace in our hearts to the Lord. It's a commandment in Christ. And whatever you do in word or deed, do in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God the Father through him. If you go ahead and pick up your communion, if you don't have one, raise your hand, we'll grab get one to you. Just amazing. Beloved, this is how I am trying to judge myself according to the scripture. And I'm not trying to judge myself by others' actions, but by my heart posture. And when it's actions that show up, I can begin to go, yeah, I'm not there, but Jesus is. So whatever the Lord said to you in this last 30 minutes, 40 minutes, bring it to him. Never be afraid. You're always accepted in the beloved. Faith in what Jesus has done is all we'll ever do that brings righteousness. But the We love you, Jesus. Lord, I don't know how you take a message that brings us that does bring the fear of God and holiness in a forefront. Without us looking at ourselves thinking well how am i going to do all that oh that makes me feel bad about myself i feel so condemned when we have to return to the very essence of faith which is that you on the night of your betrayal knowing that you were becoming the offering for sin you had been qualified now you were going to be placed upon a cross and become a curse you would become judged by the Father, and the wrath of God would rest upon you until it was extinguished, and all the rebellion of man, and all our iniquities, we as sheep have gone astray, and everyone doing our own thing was going to go on you, and you were going to carry it, the great intercessor of sin you would be. Lord, thank you. And now we're living out a life. We're living in some of the same situations, but we're not carrying the same quality of life that you carried and yet it is ours to carry so we judge ourselves be our be our everything jesus be our everything be our everything in the most difficult situations let our let our, let, let let the quality of the sermon of the mount begin to resonate inside our heart so lord thank you Thank you, the only perfect sacrifice, the last Adam who did it all, whose soul was made a sacrifice for sin. Thank you. Thank you. And as we eat your broken body, we know there's wholeness, there's strength, there's healing, there's resurrection. Things that have yet to be fully experienced in the body of Jesus, but it's available. So, Lord, we put off the old man and all his deeds as much as often as we have to. We'll take it off and throw it down. And we want to put on the new man that's renewed in the knowledge of you, our Lord, the firstborn of many brethren. Mm, Thank you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Think about that. Imagine that putting off and putting on. Lord, as we eat, we, we receive wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, I thank you for the, your blood. The, I am so grateful for the, that your blood speaks better than the blood of Abel. It does not ask for vengeance as all the rest of the blood on the earth cries out, martyrs cry out. It asks for forgiveness and extends forgiveness to all who believe. This is the new covenant, a covenant of forgiveness based on forgiveness because Father now can forgive because He was already just and the justifier of those who have faith in His Son. When we drink this, I want you to receive life. I want you to receive the full extent of forgiveness. There's not anything that you're retaining that God is retaining over you. You are forgiven. Acceptance, love, joy, healing. Whatever it is that you're lacking is in Christ, and this blood, this remission of sin, this new covenant gives us access. So here, together. Jesus, we worship you. Take a moment and just receive, and we'll send you home, but just take a moment and receive. All of those things in the Bible are made to make one thing apparent. Christ is Christ. There is no other. Our access is through him, and our new life is in him, and his new life is in us. Jesus. JESUS, WE WORSHIP YOU. JESUS, WE PRAISE YOU. JESUS, THANK YOU, JESUS, THANK YOU. THANK YOU FOR THE ONE NEW MAN THAT YOU'VE MADE US TO BE. JESUS, THANK YOU FOR REDEMPTION. THANK YOU, JESUS. Abba, abba. OH, WE PRAISE YOU, JESUS. THANK YOU, JESUS. THANK YOU, JESUS. THANK YOU, JESUS. PRAISE YOU FOR THE... Su- just take one moment, tell the Lord, the one thing I heard you say to me today is this. The one thing I'm hearing that's pricking my conscience, the one thing that's stirring up my faith, the one thing that's calling me to put off, or the one thing you're telling me to put on, whatever it is, just tell them, because when you speak, it becomes a confession. When it becomes a confession, it unlocks a salvation. The the thing you're longing for comes out of your own mouth, not someone else's. I receive it. 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 I receive Your Word as truth. I receive Your Son as complete. I judge Your Son. I I accept Him fully. I accept Him fully, and I accept fully His provision, and I accept fully His blessing. For some of us, there might be a prolonged area of weakness in our life that we're always trying to get someone else to pray over us, to get it off of us. And you just simply say, Lord, I accept your strength in my life. I accept your victory. I accept your blessing. I accept your ability. You're so capable. You're so able. I accept your salvation. I accept your deliverance. I receive your victory. Jesus, do it because you did. Father did it to you, and now you can do it for us. In Jesus' glorious name. Amen.